Good morning and uh, welcome. It's uh, great to be together in worship today and share. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil and we're here in uh, Southwest Ranches, which is in the southwest area of uh, Broward County. And we're coming together to worship on this beautiful Communion Sunday. We're celebrating Holy Communion today. And for those of us who are gathered here, we have communion elements available. If you're engaging with worship in a digital format, online or YouTube, Facebook, whoever, I would encourage you to uh, get some communion elements uh, to have with you as we go through worship today, a bread and, and a drink and a cup, and um, we will consecrate those later in the service and make that our, our community together, having a holy communion together as we share in worship today. It's a beautiful day to come together and praise God and to worship God, and so um, with our hearts filled with a passion and love for God and for one another, we come now to lift our, our songs of praise. So let's sing together. Lord, we thank you for a wonderful day, God. We just lift you up this morning. We thank you for loving us more than all, Lord Jesus. And for dying on that cross for our sins, Lord. We just pray that this morning as we sing praises to your name, God, it will do nothing else but bring glory to your name. Have your way this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
I'm Pastor Lisa, and if you'll bow your heads as we pray this morning. As we come together to worship, let us acknowledge that there are those among us who are weary. Some of us carry heavy burdens. Remember that being in worship is a place of rest. In worshiping, we encounter Christ's healing and grace. There are others among us who are frantic and scattered or breathless in our busyness. Places to go, people to see, checklists of items to accomplish. Remember that being in worship is a place of deep peace. In worshiping, we meet the unhurried God. Some are feeling brittle and broken, thirsty for the gospel at the end of ourselves. Remember that in worshiping, we encounter Jesus, the living water, tranquil and ever-present. Many may feel hollow and empty and hungry for truth, longing to be filled. Remember that in worshiping, we encounter Christ, the bread of life, nourishment for our journey. The word of God comes into our lives in many ways. It is calling us to action and to new life. And God's word calls us now here in our worship. God's word invites us to service, to ministry, to praise, and to thanksgiving. We worship the living God and offer our praises to the eternal one as we pray as his son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Good morning. You may be seated. I am Pastor Peyton, and this is the time in our service where we talk about the missions of our church. And each week we get an opportunity to share with you something that is happening within New Horizon and within the community, and we are a very missional church. Today I get to share with you a little bit of what's happened with Nourishing Lives and Pack-A-Sack. As we come back to school, what we've been doing for pandemic continues, and what we are doing going forward has an addition. But today I want to start by sharing with you a little bit about what's really the core of who we are at Nourishing Lives and at Pack-A-Sack, and it's our culture. I think sometimes we talk about the bags and the food and we need this and we need that, and I come up here talking about 1,000 miles an hour, and if you get one item, that's great. But today I want to slow down a bit and tell you some of the things that we see because we're so much more than just a bag of food. However, the bag of food is very important. So at Nourishing Lives, we see a lot of amazing stories. We have a culture of acceptance. So when you come to serve or you come to receive or you come just to drop off or whatever you come for, it's this environment of being excited to see you. In fact, when volunteers come for their, their shift or whatever they're coming for, we talk about the way that we begin our day is with this excitement of seeing that favorite person come to visit. We see that with our families too. They're as excited to see us and we're excited to see them. And so what has happened is we have community. So it's this drive-through thing that works the same way as it works with our digital community and our on-campus community and those that work in other missions of the church. But then we get the opportunity to see these stories. So one of the stories that I can tell you about is that we have prayed for families. We have prayed over families. We have prayed for illnesses. We have prayed for multiple people in the family that are experiencing different things. And we have seen healing. We have seen people that didn't know each other before that realize that they know each other now or they've gotten to meet each other and become friends, both coming through and serving here. And that's pretty amazing at how God has worked. We have been told that people are praying for this mission and this community and this church that it may be multiplied. And we have seen multiplication. We have seen groups that knew each other before they started helping during the pandemic and they come together and their small group happens during a time of service for nourishing lives. And we have seen people that smile at each other and ask for prayer and at our West Campus we pray with every family every week and at this campus prayer is always offered every week. And no one says, I'm not interested in prayer. And that's pretty amazing. So we celebrate our blessings and we celebrate those things that we want to lay at God's feet. And then there are people that come and as we ask them, what would you like to pray for this week? It's like, we would like to pray for you. So you get what I'm saying. We have this culture of community and this love. So what we actually see is we see people loving their neighbors and sharing their blessings and going into their neighborhoods and sharing with their neighbors and telling them about who we are as a church and as a mission and letting people know that we are here to help. And we see people coming for hope. 
And so today, what I'm going to tell you that we are looking for, because I need to always let you know what we are looking for, is I have been reflecting, and as um, hurricanes start to hit in the, the Gulf Coast, and you see the Louisiana Bayou, there's something called the Cajun Navy that is ready to jump in and help. These are all volunteers with boats ready to go and serve. And then we know as Methodists, we have UMCOR. Whenever there's something going on, we are ready to jump in and serve. And then there's the Red Cross. There's a bunch of things. Well, I think, and we've been working on creating, and I think we have a name now. I think we're going to call them the Lifelines for Nourishing Lives. And these are people that are willing to come and help and serve by picking up food, dropping off bag, bags, helping us to put pallets away and put food away, load and unload as we are receiving so many blessings. And we would like your help in building a list if you're able to serve in that way. I will be talking to you in the next week about some other things that are going on. But today, I wanted you to see the culture of community that has been created with Nourishing Lives and invite you to come be a part of what we're doing as our lifelines. Thank you. Well, if you haven't noticed, there's a little bit of energy in the place. There's a, there's a little bit of energy happening here and energy happening around the, uh, the, the work of what it is to uh, be the community of faith, to be the body of Christ, to, to be the, the church. Um, and we're going to celebrate that. September has started, right? September, this September, 2021, marks the 40th anniversary of the chartering of New Horizon and the 40 years of missional outreach in uh, this community. Um, and so um, just be praying for that. Be praying for the next 40 years or maybe even the next 40 months of what God is leading us to in mission and ministry in this community. Later in this month, we'll have a big Sunday celebration. All that information is there on all our digital formats and informational stuff. But this is a time that we are truly spending a month celebrating and focusing in on what all God has blessed us with in the past and the present and what is yet to, uh, to come. I think a passage of scripture that shares with us some of the deep values of this energy, of this love, of this compassion that we find here at uh, the New Horizon community is in James chapter 2. James is this little letter in the New Testament that hammers home this uh, theme of, you know, if you're going to have faith, that faith has to have an activity. It has to be at work and um, just hammers that home. And uh, so I encourage you to read this little letter of James uh, during uh, the next week or two. Um, but today we're going to focus in on chapter two. My brothers and sisters, when you show favoritism, you deny the faithfulness of our Lord Jesus Christ who has been resurrected in glory. Imagine two people coming into your meeting. One has gold ring and fine clothes, while the other is poor, dressed in filthy rags. Then suppose that you were to take special notice of the one wearing fine clothes, saying, here's an excellent place. Sit here. But the to the poor person, you say, stand over there or here at my feet. Wouldn't you have shown favoritism among yourselves and become evil-minded judges? My dear brothers and sisters, listen. 
Hasn't God chosen those who are poor by worldly standards to be rich in terms of faith? Hasn't God chosen the poor as heirs of the kingdom He has promised to those who love Him? But you have dishonored the poor. Don't the wealthy make life difficult for you? Aren't they the ones who drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who insult the good name spoken over you at your baptism? You do well when you really fulfill the royal law found in Scripture. The royal law. The royal law in Scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. But when you show favoritism, you are committing a sin. And by that same law, you are exposed as a lawbreaker. Anyone who tries to keep all the law but fails at one point is guilty of failing to keep all of it. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, instill in us once again your royal law of loving neighbor as we love ourselves. Amen and amen. So the, the title today was Love and Math. And I know some of you are thinking, is there going to be a test on this? And the answer is yes. There's going to be, there's going to be a test. Uh, but here's the equation you need to know. Here's the math equation that you need to know. FW equals L squared. FW equals L squared. And here's the real key to it. I'm going to give you away the L right away. Love multiplies. It does not divide. That's an amazing thing about the community of faith and the church and following Jesus Christ is it's about multiplication and not about division. But yet we live in a culture in USA, America, that loves to create division. In fact, if the media can get more division, they sell more of what they're selling, get more advertisements and all that kind of stuff because there's division, there's controversy, there's you know separation and people going at each other, and that's so much more dramatic, right? No, I think the multiplication of love is more dramatic, but we live in a culture that would just love to divide and divide and divide and divide and divide and divide again and again and again. Divisions plague our culture, and our world. And there's divisions all around us. We're divided on this global warming thing. We have different attitudes and thoughts about the abortion rights that are now back in the news and division and battles going on in courts and in states around laws and stuff. We're divided around our lifestyles and what lifestyles acceptable and not acceptable, and, and open to all those lifestyles around our sexuality, lifestyles around how we live our lives and who we live our lives with. Our culture has, would love to accentuate the divisions that we see in economics and about education and class structure. We have division around race and different cultures. And of course, we have our political divisions Oh my goodness, how we love to to put the walls of division up around that. Different ways we think about what's going on in Afghanistan and what should and shouldn't be done there. Ways we think about 
the refugees at the border and the refugees clamoring onto planes to find hope and food. We have divisions everywhere we look. And we have divisions around COVID, right? Just COVID. Mask or not mask? Mandate the mask or not mandate the mask? Vaccine or not vaccine? Require, mandate vaccines? You know, and... And you, what we'd like to do is we love to like get with the people who think like us and get in our little groups, and, and it creates that division. And what actually it creates is it creates this favoritism. We're going to play favorites of the people that think like us, act like us, look like us, you know, express themselves like us, and we create this favoritism. Here's another math equation. Favoritism equals division, and division equals favoritism. When you show favoritism... You deny the Christ. You divide. You divide when you show favoritism. So where is love multiplied? Where is love becoming squared and cubed and and multiplying and just exponentially going? Where is love coming over all of these Divisions. Disaster response. Response after Hurricane Ida and responses after the flooding in the, uh, the Mid-Atlantic and the Northeast. Are people asking, what's your political preference before they hand them a bottle of water or some food? Are people wondering what their sexuality background is before they assist them with their homes or, or help them find safety? You, you know, where are we finding love being multiplied? It's in the responses to the disasters around us. It's in the responses to, to the human need. I've uh, watched a little bit of the... Uh, of the Olympics that are now still on. Um, these are the Paralympics. It's amazing to me how many of those Olympians have been adopted. Exponential love. Love grows and love flourishes in the tragedies, in the brokenness of life. And all those divisions and favoritisms are put away just so that we can love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Love needs to multiply, doesn't it? 30 years ago, or more than 30 years ago, I was serving a church that was really conflicted, and the conflicts were over favoritism, about how you do church. And we do church this way, and nobody knows else knows how to do church, and so we have to do it this way, and nobody else can come in and be a leader in the church because they don't know how to do it the way that we do it. And so there was division in the church. And the church had, had been there for years, and the church was, was very much all of uh, uh, the history was all of one culture, of one background. But then the community became of multi-cultures and multi-languages. And there were people that wouldn't even sit next to somebody of a different skin color. They'd get up and they'd, they'd walk away because, you no know, church has to look like this. And there were divisions over how we do church and what to do in church. 
And then one time I remember being in a meeting when, uh, when folks were saying, Pastor, you need to go visit these folks. And they, they listed down the folks that needed to be listed in priority order. And the priority wasn't about who was sick or who was hurting or who was broken. The priority order was about this is the person that can potentially give us the most money in the church. And you visit them first. You know, the ones that come in with the fine clothes and the gold rings? And you go to them first. And then you go to here. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, so you want me to go see people first who might give more money. So we're going to visit the folks that give the most money to the church. I didn't have the heart to tell them if we really followed this practice, they'd all be over at my house. It just created division, created brokenness. The church was coming apart. But where they all came together to unify was when Hurricane Andrew hit and we all lost our roofs. And when I said, let's go take food to South Dade, everybody was in agreement about taking food and water to South Dade. When I said, we need teams of folks to go down to staff stations of food distribution and, and, and home supply distribution, folks came together, no matter the, the color of their skin, the, the culture of their background, or the language they spoke, they, they came together because we all agreed that that's what you do. You see, love, multiplication, begins to push aside all those divisions. To push aside all those divisions, to, to go out and to do the work of faith. FW equals L squared. Faith and works equals love squared. Love multiplies where faith and activity are held together and pushing forward in doing that great work of the, of the Holy Scriptures. If you read through James, and I've said, said this a few minutes ago, read through James. James is going to say, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is zero. It's a null set. You've got to have faith and works. You've got, faith has got to have this activity where it comes together. And it begins to multiply in great ways. And folks, we see that here in New Horizons so clearly. We value diversity here at New Horizon in a big way. I, I love to say that we're multi-everything. Multi-absolutely everything. We're, we're everything. We're multi-culture, multi-race, multi-generation, multi-location with Everglades and digital and main campus. We're multi-spiritual perspectives. We're multi-politics. I guarantee you in the last elections, we have people of New Horizon that voted for everybody on the ballot. You know? We're multi-everything. We're multi-all the hot issues and hot topics that you can come out with in you know, in all the media presentations. We're multi-worship expressions and how we express ourselves in worship. Styles of music, digital formats, or, or in person. And all those things that we are multi-everything, USA America would love to highlight it and use it to create division. But at New Horizon, this community of faith, we put a high value a high value on multi, on diversity, and loving through all the world-created divisions on these things. 
And so if we're going to be multi-everything and there's lots of opportunity for division, how are we going to overcome that? By lots of opportunity to put faith into activity. Lots of opportunity to put faith to work. Lots of opportunity to love and to love on others, to multiply the love. Because here's the thing. Peyton gets up here, Pastor Peyton gets up here and talks about nourishing lives and, and, uh, and Pack-a-Sack. Everybody agrees. I don't care what your perspective is, what your background is. Everybody agrees feeding children is a good thing, right? Everybody agrees that, that creating loving families is a good thing, right? And so we create all these opportunities to do that. Everybody agrees that. So we partner with the Florida United Methodist Children's Home to make sure there are healthy homes for children and loving communities that support them. Love your neighbor is an action. FW equals L squared. FW equals L squared. Faith and works multiplies love. It's an activity. Now here's the thing. You can do good works and you can do lots of good works and you can do good works without having any faith at all. But that doesn't save you. And you can have all kinds of faith but if it doesn't have an activity to it, it's dead. If I were to do a children's sermon, right, if I were to do a children's sermon, you'd have to have a prop. And I've got a great prop here. So faith and works, right? So you have faith shoe and a, and a work shoe. And so, um, and so uh, here's your, your faith shoe. This is a nice work shoe. This is, my wife ordered these online. My wife is a nurse. You see the nice little nursing picture on the shoe box here. And these are shoes for nurses for doing loving work for doing the work of love, and so you've got to have a faith shoe. Look at this. You can even change out the laces and put pink laces on there and, and really exemplify. And so you have the faith shoe. You have the shoe of faith, right? You have the shoe of faith. Good shoe. Great shoe. It's got the sturdy bottom. It's got support on the inside. It's even got a little hard sole on the, to on the toe, a uh, hard spot on the toe. Great shoe. This is perfect for the work that has to be done, and you have a faith shoe. And now the other shoe would be the, uh, well, when she ordered from the company, they sent her two left feet. Oh, so we got another faith shoe. We've got another faith shoe. So we got, we got two of those shoes. Now, how much work can get done in these shoes? See how new they look? My wife ordered them more than a year ago. The company didn't even want them back. They're useless. They're worthless. Because the activity of love that needs to be done through these shoes can't be done. Faith without works is absolutely dead. FW, the two together, FW multiplies love. It multiplies love. What good is it to claim you have faith but do nothing to show it. That's verse 14 of chapter 2 that we were just reading in. As you go further, it's going to say just that. What good is it to claim you have faith if you do nothing to show it? Verse 17, 
Faith is dead when it doesn't result in activity. Faith is dead when it doesn't result in faithful, love-filled, across-the-divide activity. And I know what some of you are going to ask. Can my faith be resurrected? Can my dead faith, you know, faith without works is dead. Can it be resurrected? Absolutely. Absolutely it can. Do something. Do something. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor through the divides. Living, active things, living, active organisms multiply. That's what they do. They multiply. Active faith multiplies. Move. Do something. Take the activity. FW equals L squared. You have one life. Do something. Jesus did. For Jesus loved the world so much. Loved you so much that Jesus gave his one and only life. So that we might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus gave and sacrificed. Sacrificed his very self. His body and his blood. His body broken, his blood poured out. So that love would pour across every division that this world can come up with. And that love multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. Amen and amen. Most gracious God, let your love multiply in us today. Let the faith that you fill our hearts and inspire our souls with move us to the activity. The activity of loving our neighbor and being the expression of your love in this world. Amen and amen. As we come for Holy Communion, this is truly the Lord's table. And for all of us gathered here, everybody is welcome. This is one thing that certainly goes across every divide. There is nothing that keeps you from this table. And so it, it's open for everybody. And if you're worshiping with us in a digital format, this table is for you and the elements that you have with you are communion elements that cross all the divisions of this world and bring love into our hearts and our lives. So let us bow our hearts together in a prayer of thanksgiving over this gift and come around God's table and share in holy communion. Lord, we are grateful that you have given us your love in your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, who, who knew what it is to live our lives and walked with followers. Jesus, who knows what it is to, to feel the division and the brokenness that we experience. Jesus, who knew our deaths and knew our sorrows. And Lord, this wonderful Son of yours came to be our Savior, and he offered himself to us with a, with a great expression of, around the table 
where he lifted the bread and tore it apart and said, look, it's, it's my body that's torn apart for you. This is for you. Take and eat and, and remember me. And so, Lord, as we share in the bread, we recognize that it's the body of Christ that has been sacrificed, and we now get to be the body of Christ, unified around this table, unified around this, this bread. At that last night before his, and during his betrayal, he, he lifted up a cup after he had shared the bread, after he had shared the meal. He lifted up the cup, and he gave thanks to you, and he gave it to those of us who would follow, and he said, drink it. Drink it and, and remember me. This is the blood for new relationships. This is the blood of forgiveness that's, that's poured out for everybody. Everybody. No division. No separation. Not for some and not others. This is for everybody. Drink and remember me. And so, Lord, we are so grateful that we individually and personally get to come to your table and share in this bread and this cup. We are grateful that everybody across this globe is invited to come and share in whatever format the body and the blood of Christ. Lord, let your spirit move across the elements that we share. The elements that we share here, the elements that we share in our places of worship, wherever we are. Let your spirit move in these elements and let them truly be for us the body and the blood of Christ. And then, Lord, let us live out the equation of FW equals L squared. Let us rise up from this table unified in mission, unified as the body of Christ, unified across all division to bring help and hope to a hurting community, unified in the recovery work of personal lives and communities and neighborhoods, unified in love and in mission and in purpose. Lord, let us rise up from this table healing the brokenness and divisions that we find in our lives and in our community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. remain seated and you'll be served where you seat. Again, the gift is for all. For those of you who uh, are engaging and actively worshiping with us in the digital format, I invite you to take the elements that you have with you. In our prayer, they have been blessed and they have been offered up to you and, and given for you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I invite you to uh, take the bread and eat Remember Jesus and, and be thankful. I also invite you to take the cup, the cup of the sacrifice of Christ, the, the cup of Jesus' blood. Take and, and drink and remember him and be thankful. 
eat and drink in the remembrance of Christ. And feed on him in your hearts. And let the love multiply. Amen. hearts, Lord, we come around your table. With hearts filled with gratitude and love, we rise up and go to love our neighbor as we love ourselves, as you love us, as you love them. Amen and amen. Let me invite us to join together in song.
right, so as you go, make sure you've got a left shoe and a right shoe. Make sure you've got faith and you've got works. Because you know what? The two left shoes are going back in the box and back in the garage, not knowing what to do with it. Because faith and works, faith and activity, they go together. And so as you go, let the activity start. You know, start with the offering. There's baskets here for those on site. You can go to the uh, digital portal and the website and stuff like that to give your offering. Peyton told you about opportunities for uh, the, the Lifeline missions that will be happening and the needs that, ha that we have there. And more activity than you can believe if you check things out. But go now with the blessing and the assurance that God loved you so much that he gave his only son. He gave his only son to die on your behalf and give you the, uh, the bread and the cup of eternal life. Amen and amen.